Our text from this morning comes from Colossians 1, verses 11 to 20. Let us listen to God's word to us. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you're a member of the medical profession, you've likely noticed a rather interesting change over the past couple decades. It used to be that because of your years of study, the battery of books and tests, the time you spent training under professionals, those degrees hanging on your walls, the hundreds and thousands of sick people that you've seen, that people would come to you because they had something wrong and they were wondering what they needed to do. They have this pain, this rash, this fatigue, it isn't going away. What's wrong with me, Doc? But I've heard the winds have changed. There is a new phenomenon now. A patient will now walk into a doctor's office and say, well, you know, I have this fever and a headache and now I'm fatigued and feeling nauseous. I looked up my symptoms online and figured out that I have dengue fever. <laughs> What do I do next? And the doctor looks at you kind of puzzled and begins to ask, well, have you been to India recently? No. Southeast Asia? No. Africa? Mexico? Central or South America? Well, I've been over to Buena Vista. <laughs> hey, pretty sure you don't have dengue fever because you need to be bitten by a mosquito carrying it, and those mosquitoes aren't at the Buena Vista. Your symptoms make me think you just might have the flu. Well, I've got a lot of symptoms of dengue fever too, and that's a pretty serious thing, so I'd like to begin treatment now. There are stories of patients with common headaches coming in, and based on their search of the internet, they are convinced that they have a brain tumor, of people ordering costly supplements to treat a condition they don't have. The doctor is no longer considered an authority, just a resource, same as the articles on the internet. My brother is currently training to be a vet, and he's been warned about this in his profession. The vet has lost authority. Someone walks in and says, my animal has this. And the vet looks, 
pokes, prods, asks questions, and says, no, based on what I'm seeing, that's not the case. They have this, and here's the proper treatment. But the person is so sure because they read it online. I did so much research on this. I read all the articles, and I'm sure. So I want you to treat my animal for this. <laughs> now, there are some cases, a few, of determined people who have fallen through the cracks of the medical system and found a miraculous answer online. But those are the exceptions, not the rule. If we really notice, though, this is a trend that's not just in the medical profession. In academia, students reject their teachers' or professors' training as a reason to trust their judgment of a situation. Instead, they choose to lean on something they heard from a friend, something they read in an article. Parents now would ignore teachers' advice. You don't know my child. My child is different. The same thing runs through all of these examples, right? Medical, academic, I'm sure you know others. It's the same thing at question, authority. It's a refusal to acknowledge the authority of others, the validity of their training, the possibility that they have superior insight, the expertise they've developed from their own experience, which is difficult. It's hard. I get it. It is hard to listen to your authority. It's hard to be in a position of authority, and it's hard to listen to others who have authority. But what is perhaps the most difficult thing is that every individual has become the authority over God. Hear me on that again. Every individual has become the authority over God. That's the wrong direction. You see, there is no authority over God. Remember the story of Jonah? God tells him to go to Nineveh and tell the Ninevites to repent. Well, Jonah doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to go because he knows if they repent, God will forgive them and not destroy them. Jonah really wants God to destroy them. But he doesn't get a choice in the matter. He doesn't have authority over God. In the end, he goes, whether he likes it or not. His opinion isn't the point. The point is that God is the king. God has the authority. Today is Christ the King Sunday. It's actually a Catholic holiday, but I think it's worth paying attention to. It's a rather new holiday. Pope Pius XI instituted the Feast of Christ the King in 1925. What he saw was an increasing denial of Christ as King and the rise of secularism throughout Europe. People were rejecting God's authority over their lives. They rejected the church's authority. Like doctors and vets and teachers, God and his church became one voice in the crowd, a voice people didn't trust. The church and God began to lose authority. You see the same distrust of authority all around us. Individualism has been embraced to such an extreme that for many, the only authority is the individual self. What do you think? What do you want? What's your opinion? Now, our thoughts and opinions aren't bad. I have a lot of them, and I like them. 
but they don't take the place of God's authority. So Christ has lost authority in our society and in our churches. There's God's opinion and the Bible's opinion and the church's opinion and the session's opinion. But what's your opinion? That's what really matters. Go with your opinion. Why? Can I just ask that? Why? Why does it seem like a good idea to toss out the result of people thinking and praying? Some of the most faithful people to ever live. People who sure are smarter than I am. Even the book we call the Word of God. Why do we toss that out? Because of how we feel. Why are we so reluctant to give Christ authority to actually treat him like a king? In Colossians, Christ is the head of the body. That's authority. A hand will not move without the head saying so. The heart doesn't beat without the brain telling it to. The whole body runs based on what the head says. The head of the body, the king of his church, not my church, not your church, his church. If you really want to ignore your doctor or dentist, your vet or teacher, in the end, that's your health and your education that you're likely sacrificing. But it's your decision. With the church, it's not. It's actually not your decision because it's not yours. It's not mine. Here, Christ is the king, not the advisor, not the consultant. The king. The king. Which means you and I do what God tells us to. Do we always know exactly what that is? Nope. Some days it feels really clear and some days it is pretty muddy. Christ is the head of the church, so we submit to his authority. And if we're just a little bit honest with ourselves, submitting to authority is not so natural for us. We're taught to be independent thinkers, to think for yourself, to have an opinion. But what I think we miss is that no matter what, there is an authority. When someone walks into a doctor's office and ignores the doctor's recommendation, they have decided what they read online is the authority instead of the doctor. The Colossians is about a different way, a way where Christ is king. Colossians says that what God was doing in Christ was reconciling all things to himself because his creation had gone rogue. We decided to be our own authority. So you might hear Christians saying that, well, God must not want you to do that because it would be a little hard, uncomfortable. You must not be called to go on that trip because it would be challenging or or to help that family because it might be a little weird. Or churches where all they do is serve, but they don't grow spiritually through worship and prayer. Churches where the pastor's voice is God's where the Bible is ignored. Colossians teaches us that in Christ, Christ holds everything together, which means without Christ, things fall apart. A church where the pastor replaces God, it's going to fall apart. A church where our insight replaces scripture is going to fall apart. When we 
refuse to let Christ be what he is, a king, we can expect our lives to fall apart. So what we have to do is give God all authority. We humble ourselves to live in his kingdom, and we have to surrender all the authority we have to him. There's a difference. There's a difference between authority and influence. When we pick and choose the parts of God we like, that's influence. That's not authority. And the kingdom influenced by God is not the same as God's kingdom. God the creator. Most of us like that part about God. We're cool with that. God created us. God our savior. I like that. I like being saved. I need to be saved. God in the sunsets and the flowers, we like that too, the beauty of God's creation. God as the provider of the family, I love, it's wonderful. God as a reminder that things will be okay with all that goes on in life, we certainly need that. God who loves me, God who has authority over everything. Everything? Everything? Yeah, everything, like not just our tithe checks, but our finances. Not just our Sunday mornings, but every day. Not just ourselves, but our families too. Not just our present situations, but our hopes and dreams for the future. In the end, if God wanted to, he could say, all my followers have to eat cauliflower for breakfast. And I hate cauliflower. But either he's king... Or he's not. If he's king, we get God's kingdom, not just a kingdom influenced by the parts of God we like. So Christ is reconciling all things to himself, inviting us to return to his authority. He is the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. Because who else do you want driving the car? WebMD? A blog you read? Something a friend said? I don't want to drive the car. Frankly, I don't want you to drive the car either. I want Christ at the head. I want Christ as the king. Guys, God's authority is good news. It is good news even if we have to eat cauliflower for breakfast. Because I know what God's authority looks like. It looks like Colossians 1, verses 11 to 14. It is through Christ's authority that we are made strong with the strength that comes from God's presence. Through Christ's authority, we are made strong with the strength that comes from God's power. Strength to stand in weakness. Strength to stand with family members who are lost. Strength to carry on with kindness and forgiveness. It is through Christ's authority that we are able to endure everything. Everything with patience. I've yet to see that one completely in my life. Everything with patience. All the hospital results, all the medicines that don't work, raising children and loving spouses. Christ's authority is what defeated darkness and death so that we might be forgiven. Our authority may come from our education, experience, training, or call. But Christ's authority, his authority, comes from his cross, 
where he died to forgive the sins of the world. His authority is grounded in being more good than anyone else, more wise than anyone else, more selfless than anyone else, more faithful than anyone else, because he was God in the flesh. That, my friends, is a king. His crown won't fit any other head because he is the firstborn from the dead, the king of the earth, the very image of God. So even if he tells us to eat cauliflower for breakfast, all authority is his. Let us pray. Lord, we see that all authority is yours. Lord, we also understand how hard it is to live that out. So this morning we come before you humbly, asking that you take control of our lives and you take control of this church once again, that you give us hearts and ears that listen to your leading first and then give us the courage and the boldness to follow, to follow Christ, the one who died for us that we might be forgiven, the one who leads us in the way of all righteousness. Teach us to submit to you again. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.